The Anchored City podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told. And I cast aside my worries And just went digging for gold And I will scale the highest mountains Looking for the bluest blue But of all the roads I'll ever walk I just, I can't have Welcome to this special Between the Seasons edition of the Anchored City Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kiekenfeld. Curling. You know, the sport that throws rocks at houses, includes brooms, and a fair bit of yelling, has been played in Anchorage for about 66 years. If you've ever been to the Government Hill neighborhood, you've driven by the Anchorage Curling Club, and perhaps you've wondered what goes on in there. On this episode, we'll explore curling in Anchorage, and in order to do that, I want to step back in time. On Wednesday, February 12, 1958, a headline on the front page of the Anchorage Daily News read, Sputnik over city tomorrow. The Russian satellite that article was referring to was in fact Sputnik 2, launched November of 1957, which carried as a payload a dog. The next day, the paper reported that the satellite did streak over Anchorage at 6.24 a.m. and was visible for just under one minute. The article went on to say that the canine-containing orbiter would pass over Anchorage again the next day at 6.51 a.m., moving west to east almost directly overhead. Since the launch of the first Sputnik satellite in October of 1957, the United States and other Western countries had been gripped by worries that the Soviet Union was possessing a superior technical capability. This period of time is now called by historians the Sputnik Crisis. It was not just papers in Anchorage covering the satellites. The New York Times mentioned the satellite in 279 articles between October 6, 1957 and October 31, 1957. That's 11 articles per day. Anchorage residents may have been keeping up with the Sputnik crisis by reading the headlines of the Anchorage Daily News or the Daily Times on display in the windows and shops along 4th Avenue. If you happened to be walking down 4th Avenue during the week Sputnik 2 flew over the city, you might have been distracted by another unusual sight. Not up in the sky, but rather on the ground. Across the street from the 4th Avenue Theater, on the lawn of the Federal Building, was a long, thin sheet of ice set up for curling. The newly established Anchorage Curling Club had held their first fur rendezvous bonspiel the year before at their facility in the Forest Park Country Club, but was seeking an increased profile for the sport by putting the game on Anchorage's Main Street for Fur Rondi. Leading up to the 1958 Fur Rendezvous, the papers had reported on the rink construction on the Federal Building lawn. They had also advertised that those interested in learning to curl could come in the evenings leading up to Fur Rondi and they covered practices by teams that were preparing for the Bonspiel. The tournament, played on the ice at the Federal Building and the club's facility in the Forest Park Country Club, included Anchorage teams as well as teams from Seattle, Don Jacques, Yukon Territory, Whitehorse, Fairbanks, Valdez, 
Edmonton, Tabor, Alberta, Haynes, or Haynes Junction, but honestly, the newspaper reports are a bit varied. An ad for the event ran on page 4, the women's section, of the Friday, February 21 edition of the Anchorage Daily Times. The ad read, Here's your chance to see a 600-year-old game in its second year in Anchorage. Watch the curling bondspiel during the Fur Rendezvous, February 18 through 23. Anchorage Curling Club members will be on hand at all curling events for further information concerning participation and membership in the Anchorage Curling Club your nationally recognized name brand store, NC. Curling was not new to Alaska. The Fairbanks Curling Club, the oldest sports organization in the state, was formed in 1905 and originally played on the ice of the Chena River. Yet in Anchorage, 53 years later, the sport was new. The plan to raise awareness of curling in Anchorage by setting up the Fur Rendezvous Bonspiel in downtown on the Federal Building lawn worked. A headline on the sports page of the Anchorage Daily News during the tournament read, Curling Bonspiel attracts more fans every afternoon. The article was accompanied by a picture of a crowd gathered around the rink on 4th Avenue watching curling be played. One Anchorage Curling Club member and player, John Hellenthal, was quoted as saying, Using the federal building lawn for our matches is perfect. People walk by and naturally stop, maybe even to laugh at us a little bit. But that's all that's necessary to be caught in the excitement of the game. Last night they were cheering for us. I didn't think they ever would. Despite warm weather moving the tournament indoors, the 1958 Fur Rendezvous Bonspiel was a success. Even with out-of-town teams arriving in the city to compete, the finals ended up being a match between two Anchorage teams. One skipped by Donald, the other by Williams. When everything played out, it was the team skipped by Casey Williams that included members Robert Lorry, Sergeant Noah Caravetta, and Dick Williams that came out on top. It appeared that curling was on the upswing in Anchorage, that is, until a heavy snowfall collapsed the roof later in the winter of 1958 and brought things to a halt. For the next four years, the curling club lived an itinerant existence. Games were played in multiple locations as curlers worked to acquire a new facility for the club. On September 25, 1961, an article with the headline, Curling Rink Project Gets Board Approval, ran in the Daily Times. The article read in part, The City Planning Commission has granted a zoning exemption which would allow construction of a curling rink at the City Park on Post Road and Hollywood Drive. At the public hearing, the Anchorage Curling Club said it would erect a prefabricated metal building to house two sheets, or curling areas, which later would be enlarged to house four sheets. In March of 1962, the new facility was up and running. It is the building that continues to house the curling club today. And it still has just two sheets of ice. But I have yet to cross and I have dreamed of faraway places Where imagination just gets lost And I would search the wide world over For one proverb that is true But of all the roads I'll ever walk I just, I can't have We are pausing to share with you an exciting opportunity to meet fellow residents of Anchorage and engage with thought-provoking ideas. Wednesday, March 1 at 6 p.m. at Willowa Social, a culture shift is happening. 
Culture Shift is a monthly event brought to you by the Alaska Humanities Forum. At each Culture Shift event, two guests take turns speaking on a topic that they are passionate about, an idea that challenges the norms or assumptions. Then the audience takes part in a fun, interactive, and thought-provoking Q&A to find connections between the two. At the March Culture Shift, I'm one of the guests that's speaking. I will be sharing about how human sustainability is true sustainability. But even if I wasn't one of the presenters, I'd still encourage you to go. I've started going every month, and I love it. Consider joining us March 1 at 6 p.m. at Willowaw Social for Culture Shift. A link to more information and tickets is in the show description. Now back to the episode. On a recent Saturday evening, I stopped by the Anchorage Curling Club. The club is located in Harvard Park. Harvard Park and the adjacent Harvard Avenue on Government Hill are named after Charles Seton Harvard, who worked for the Alaska Railroad as an engineer and took it upon himself in 1934 to plat out the Government Hill neighborhood. He named the streets after railroad workers, including one named after himself. The event taking place at the club this night was the Turkey Shoot, a skills competition that doubled as a fundraiser for the Anchorage Curling Foundation. There was live music, food, and a good number of members hanging out in the clubhouse at the end of the rink. Over 20 curlers were on the bracket to see who could win the turkey shoot. Behind the bar this evening was a member named Abby. I asked her about how she got started curling, what keeps her coming back, why she tends bar at the club, and about the Saturday Night League. Here's what she said. My name is Abby Elbow. I have been curling, I think this is my fourth year, but I get a little lost with COVID. Jeanette got me started in curling. I met Jeanette through complicated other ways, and she had been a longtime curler here and invited me down to the Saturday dinner league um, and just said, come hang out. It's a good time. And so I did that um, that first winter and just, you know, ate and watched curling and met nice people and she technically showed me how to throw which is slightly illegal <laughs> but um, then the next year I came back and did a learn to curl I brought some other friends and we all did a learn to curl and I just was hooked it was so much more fun than it seemed like it had any right to be <laughs> I like the community aspect to it it's um, I've always played ultimate frisbee and that has always been the place in my life where a kind of like fun, somewhat misfit crowd comes together and does this thing that's a little weird and people don't understand. And the Anchorage Ultimate scene has not been what I'm used to, but the curling club seems to have, it seems to fill that need in my life of, yeah, odd people, weird sport, surprisingly fun. It's like a good... It's a good challenge, um, both kind of physically and the sort of intellectual uh, strategy side of it. It's weirdly like Cheers here, like you just come here and everyone knows who you are. Well, um, uh, I mean, I'm behind the bar because I'm one of the people who are bartenders for the Curling Club. We just have a roster of people who have their tap card and have been trained up on our bar. And so basically I walked in and Kate said, can you go behind the bar? And I said, sure. <laughs> so that's how it works. We all just, it's because it's all volunteer, we all just 
take turns and if there's a need, just help out. Yeah, the Saturday League is the best league that we have. Um, it's sort of a, a little hidden gem. So whereas the other leagues are all you mostly show up with a team or you're put on a team in the beginning of the season and there's a schedule of which teams are playing each other. On Saturday we run as a drop-in league um, and potluck and so um, whoever shows up shows up. There, are, You can register for Saturday league and I think we have about 15 people registered but then I have an email list of about 150 people who I just blast every week and say hey we're doing Saturday league and then anyone who shows up and is here for the start time, we just look at the numbers and make teams and um, sometimes, usually do standard curling, but depending on the numbers, sometimes we teach doubles or sometimes we actually do a turkey shoot like tonight or just other kinds of fun curling related activities. Um, and it just sort of builds into a nice little community of folks. Out on the ice, as players took turns throwing rocks, spectators expressed their enthusiasm for great shots by banging on the glass that separates the playing surface from the clubhouse. One player out on the ice was newcomer Ali. He was hard to miss as he curled in shiny gold high top sneakers with light up soles that he had converted into curling shoes. I talked to Ali about how he got involved with curling, what keeps him coming back, and about his shoes. I'm Ali Vayani. Saw one of those uh, Instagram, Facebook ads and was like, oh, come learn to curl back in September of this a uh, couple months ago and came out. And here I am. I play a couple, I'm, I'm all in. So I joined the Rookie League. There was an opening on a Friday night on Competitive League. I joined that. And then now I also play on Sundays. So went from one night to three nights now. Um, besides just being competitive and having uh, the cheapest bar in Anchorage, I think it's the people. The people are great here. No one, no one cares about what you do. It's just about who you are. It's a very genuine community, which I enjoy. Well, I'm just trying to be the, the brightest and the greatest here, so I figured I'd just get these shoes that light up, and I got them off Amazon, $30 gold shoes, and I turned them into curling shoes, so I figured why not have some fun and distract players with my bright lights. After talking to Ali, who was new but all in, I got the opportunity to talk to the longest continuous member of the club and the founder of the Anchorage Curling Foundation. I asked him about how he got started curling, the best part of the club, the growth of the sport, the Anchorage Curling Foundation, and the plans for a new facility. Ty Schomer, uh, a family, I was living in Fairbanks and I married a third generation Fairbankson family that has curled for decades. They introduced me to the game and then when my wife and I moved down to here to Anchorage in um, 1993, I started here at the Anchorage Curling Club in 94 fell in love with the game and I've been a huge supporter of the, the Anchorage Curling Club and curling throughout the state uh, since then. You know the curling club has had its ebbs and flows and what I what what maintains is the culture of curling. Uh, whether the club is expanding and exploding in membership like it is now or whether it's you know waning in membership, the culture of curling, the social aspect of curling and um, and then the game itself. The game itself is just a great game. It's a great balance of athleticism and finesse and strategy and that's what just keeps it fun. You know I was willing when I was young and starting in the game I was willing to invest a lot of time and energy to get good at it because I knew I could do it when I'm 55 now and 60 and into my 70s so 
You know, I think the Olympics and particularly the success that we've had in the Olympics lately um, has really lent a lot to that um, because people now are familiar with curling. In the past, it was a great game and when people stumbled on it and discovered it, they loved it, um, but it was largely unknown. I was having to explain when I was going into the community, what is this weird thing and how does that work? Um, now, um, curling for the last two or three Olympics has been the most watched sport, more than hockey even. Um, in the Olympics. So that's a big part of it. Also the demographics is a big part of it. You know, the baby boomers are getting a little bit older here in Anchorage. They're going back to where they came from or they're not as active. Their kids are now coming up and that's a big part of the demographic that's in the club now. You know, I just love the game of curling and I want to support it any way that I can now. I don't play as much as I used to. Most of my support of the curling club is trying to get it to expand and grow throughout the state. Um, we brought curling to Palmer. We're bringing it to Seward next year. Um, it's in Talkeetna. I've been instrumental and I've been helpful in, in most of those. And, uh, and right here in Anchorage, um, there's more demand for curling than this two-sheet club can do. So I'm using all of my connections and resources and energies towards trying to just meet that demand. Yeah, you know, um, once we got um, the foundation up over a million dollars and a lot of that money is dedicated towards a new club, we had enough commitment towards a new club that we wanted to just gather a few key individuals that are familiar with the history of Anchorage Curling um, and have the skill set within the community to start exploring how that can get done. So we've initiated um, you know, dialogue with Parks and Rec, we've initiated dialogue with a few other organizations, athletic organizations in the community to get that launched, and, um, but we're in early stages of that. So, yeah, we hope to get a new facility. You know, I would love to see three sheets right here on, you know, on Government Hill. There was designs made in the 80s that show that this building could accommodate another sheet. And there's enough space here. So we could get to three sheets right where we are. And then if we could have at least another three or four in the beginning, growing ultimately to six or eight somewhere else in town, then we're able to host international and national competitions. We're, we're able to have world-class ice there. And that would go a long ways towards satisfying the demand for curling and putting Anchorage on the map as an additional winter tourism place. So it's bringing tourism dollars and athletic dollars into the city at a time when, you know, um, everybody comes in the summer. But it's just another touch point for us to bring people into the community during the winter. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, the Anchorage Curling Foundation was started in 2015 with this vision of maybe growing to where we are now. Um, and it got some real traction in about 2017 and over the last five or six years now um, we've grown it to over a million dollars and not only for a new club we really want to get to a point where we can support competitive curling travel expenses juniors coaching you know those types of things to expand the sport within the city next I talked to the current club president about how he got started curling and what board membership looks like I also asked him about being part of an Alaska mixed team that's going to club nationals and what keeps him coming back. My name is Kirk Miller. I saw it on the Olympics, um, maybe 2010 or something, and I was like, well, I gotta try this. And then uh, we moved from Oregon to Anchorage, and I'm like, okay, well, now I have my opportunity. <laughs> and then um, the ice kind of went out here in 2014 or around then, so uh, coming around 2016, I started here. Right now it's awesome because uh, we're in a good spot, you know, like um, we've, we've 
grown a lot from the downtimes where the ice was down and things like that. So right now, you know, we're seeing a boom in, in membership. We're seeing a lot of new members from just watching, you know, Olympics recently. Um, it's, you know, the USA won gold in, in 2018, so that kind of gave us a boom. So we're seeing a lot of interest, which is awesome. Um, but we're also a two-sheet club. So it's hard to, to have, you know, 270 members I think we have right now and fit them in a two-sheet club. So um, we're doing awesome, but we could do better <laughs> if we can, you know, move into a bigger facility. Uh, Alaska has its own playdowns, so it's, it's basically anyone can enter from Alaska. Um, you have to have at least two members from one club. Um, so we, we ended up with three Anchorage members and one Fairbanks member. Um, just super random because we had some other tournaments going on that we were planning on playing and um, they actually ended up getting canceled and uh, John Siegel actually reached out to me. So John John's a, an old um, Anchorage curling guy. He's been around for years. He's been the president. He's been all these kinds of things. And he called me. He's like, do you want to play this mixed nationals play down? I'm like, I suppose I could. We'll see what happens, you know? And so we were just texting back and forth, like, well, who do we want to add? And he's like, we've got some people from Fairbanks, you know, and I, I threw out Becca's name from Anchorage. And um, finally we came around to the team that had Becca, myself, and Courtney from Fairbanks, and John, and we're like, all right, well, let's do it. So we had three people, or three teams playing down. So play down's like a, a tournament to see who goes, you know, further. And um, we pulled it out. We're the regional champions for Alaska, and... Uh, that's how it happened. So it's it's kind of just on a whim that we we're like, let's do it. Let's put it together. Let's uh, see what we can do. Oh yeah, it's uh, camaraderie. It's the people. I mean, it's you know, I, I wouldn't be here if, if if everyone was a jerk or whatever. Like everyone's so great around here. Like it's a great time to come out. And just you, you meet so many different people, so many different lifestyles. You know. Um, from all around the United States and, and that's what just keeps me coming back like the game is awesome the game's fun I was telling somebody earlier tonight you can you know five times a game you can either say I love this game or I hate this game but you always keep coming back <laughs> but yeah it's it's mostly the people the people will keep me coming back it's the people yeah I mean it's cheap booze it's the people it's it's great ice I mean this ice is better than we've had in, in the past three or four years um, we have great volunteers and, and that's, this club is all volunteer. And that's really what, you know, ties everything together is that everyone's doing this on their own time. They're doing it because they love the game. You know, they're, they're teaching new members how to play because they love this game. And that's, it's a passion. And that's what keeps me coming back. The people and the passion for the game. Ty had shared with me that when he joined the club back in the 1990s, the atmosphere at the club wasn't very family friendly. But he added that the club had taken great strides to change that. Part of the transition has been youth development. I talked with one of the people responsible for juniors curling at the club about what that looks like and what her experiences with curling have been and what keeps her coming back. My name is Lynn Clement. Um, I moved up here from Chicago, Illinois, suburbs of Chicago in 2002. And my coworker, Michelle Peel, she um, invited me out, said, hey, we're gonna do a learn to curl or on Friday night. And I signed you up and I said, okay. And so we had just finished with the Olympics and so I saw curling on the Olympics. So I thought, oh, okay, I could try this. Um, 
ended up on her league night on Friday night, and that was in 2002. So really enjoyed it after moving up from the Midwest by myself. Um, it was a great way to stay active in the wintertime. Um, it's nice and well lit out here, so the darkness wasn't as bothersome. Um, and I also really enjoyed all the social aspects of curling. Um, I ended up meeting my husband through Match.com and kind of said, hey, I'm a curler. And it piqued his interest. And so then once we started dating, he had to learn how to curl too. So his first year that he learned curl was in 2005. And then he was in the Fur Ronde or the Rookie Spiel that winter. And then he was in the Fur Ronde Bond Spiel. And so it was something that the two of us could do and enjoy and get our exercise and physical um, activity out. So it was a lot of fun. Um, since curling with him, um, and then we ended up getting married. So then um, once my kids came along, obviously I couldn't curl for a while, um, but we still were able to bring them out here and stuff. Um, so after before COVID, we would have some of the junior learn to curls. And so Jessica Schultz, um, our former Olympian, she was down here, she was living here, so she was running some of those. And so I says, guess what kids, we're gonna go, <laughs> we're gonna um, do this. So I do remember them being like seven and nine out here for the original, you know, like the start learn to curls. So then we ended up, um, COVID happened, it was kind of a shutdown. We had a lot of different things happening with our family at the time. Um, but then once we were able to get through it, um, curling came back and we said, oh, well, Jessica moved out of town. Who are, who's going to do this junior stuff? Um, me and another mom, her daughter, Michelle, who started me curling. Her daughter is the same age as my son. And so we said, oh, okay, well, we got to do this so we can continue to have um, juniors. And so um, we've been kind of co-chairs <laughs> for our juniors. Um, and once we now we can have our kids learn um, they enjoy the game they enjoy coming out um, the kids that they have learned from at first they were very shy and timid but now they come and they see each other and they're like oh how was your week and, and they're chitter chat boxes so I love the fact that they can continue to grow those friendships and we're gonna try to do Arctic winter games we tried um, this past year um, we didn't want to go up to Fairbanks to do our <laughs> tryouts so we had five kids try out for juniors um, for the trial or for the Arctic Winter Games for Arctic Winter Games they have to do um, a written test and then they have a skills test and unfortunately we don't have enough we don't have enough for like a team of boys and a team of girls. So the state of Alaska has this skills test and shot test or written test and shot test. And then they pull a team together from that. So um, our kids tried really hard. My daughter just broke her foot right before tryouts. We said, sorry, you're still going to have to play a tryout <laughs> and stuff. Um, my son was able to make, he was the alternate on the team. Unfortunately, he didn't get to go. Um, to Wood Buffalo, but we're going to use this as an experience so that we 
are better equipped for Arctic Winter Games 2024. So, um, and it's it's fun to see them get better and better each and every time. They have they're in a league night on Wednesday, the juniors, and they're having a lot of fun. So, it's fun to keep them going. And now, now I have two kids and me and my husband. So it's a team of four, you know we have our own our own team. So we'll see you. I don't know. Uh, my body doesn't handle a whole weekend of bond spiels as much as it used to so we'll see if we could do it but they did a good job we have a lot of our friends that we hang out with outside of curling our friends that we've met here and so um they're solid friendships and they're good people who are here um i also i think because with our winter sports sometimes it can be really cold outside and so I get too cold frostbit, and so the cross-country skiing is fun at a certain temperature. Um, here it's kind of regulated, and I can, I can handle that. <laughs> so, yeah, but I think it's also, it's, it's a fun family sport, and it's fun to see my kid, my son is in basketball, and on Wednesday when he has a basketball game, he's like, what, I'm gonna miss my curling game? I'm like, well, we can't do both, or we can come, you know, if your game is at 5.30, your curling is at 6.30, we'll come a little bit late, and he's like, yes, let's do that, let's do that. So he enjoys it, uh, and my daughter's enjoying it too. It's, it's the mental game too. It's not just the physical, it's also that mental strategy. And I play on Tuesday, my team I've had for the last, um, we were together before COVID, and then we took a break. They are all, we're laid back, but we're competitive too. So it's, it's, a, good, it's a good mix. I think we're a niche. I think we're, we're a rarity that not, everybody knows who we are and what we do here. And then once they do, they're like, oh, oh, that's really cool. I wish I found out about that. Or how do I join on and get into the league? So um, I'm glad that we've been here for so long that it feels like home. The strength I gather And with all those lessons learned With the crazy long life that I lived already And the scars I earned I still can't seem to find The answers And all the questions I never knew But loving you just once Was worth it Even if I Over the past few weeks, Americans have had their eyes on the skies as the U.S. has shot down a Chinese balloon suspected of spying and four additional unidentified flying objects over North America. One of those takedowns happened over Alaskan airspace. And while not quite the Sputnik crisis of 1957 and 58, these foreign objects in the sky have created a stir in their own right.
Much like the concerns in the sky in 1958 and now, the more things change, the more they stay the same at the Anchorage Curling Club. In 1958, the club was seeking to add members and grow the sport. In recent years, this too has been a goal of the club. After dwindling down to about 40 members in the early 2000s, the club now has more than 270 members and seeks to add more through Learn to Curl events, not unlike those nights leading up to the 1958 Bonspiel, where interested folks were invited to come learn the sport on the Federal Building lawn. In 1958, the club found itself in need of a new facility, and today too, the Anchorage Curling Club is seeking to add more ice to the city. The 61-year-old Anchorage Curling Building is just too small for the demand created by increased exposure since curling became an Olympic sport in 1998. If you want to learn more about curling or try the sport, contact the Anchorage Curling Club. Links can be found in the show notes of this episode. Until next time, I'm Joel Kiekenfeld. Good curling and be good out there. Anchored City Podcast is grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission and a partnership with Street Psalms, both of which contribute to making this podcast possible. And we're grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you are hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and recommend us to your friends. You can support this podcast by selecting the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative at smile.amazon.com when you shop at Amazon so that when you make a purchase, Amazon donates to us. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchored City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the heads, hands, and hearts of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean the desire to see a world where all things are the way they're supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org or on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme music is by Anchorage's own Monica Lettner. <laughs> <laughs>